0: I have a verse, part of a verse, in the book of Psalms. This is Psalm that I would like to read. It's a question. And uh, I think unfortunately it has become the question of the hour or the era for us today. Probably more so than any time in history, although it's always been there. And It is, as this psalmist said, it is a question that many people are asking. This is Psalm four, verse six. Many are asking. Many are asking. Who can show us any good? I don't know if you can see this well, but I put here a couple different other translations to get the gist of this question. Who can do us good? Who can show us better times? This is one translation. Who will bring us prosperity? really does capture the intent of, the impact of this question, who will do us good? I think it has become, unfortunately, the very self-centered question of our time and our culture, and I want to take just a couple of minutes and think about this question and then look at the answer that the Bible gives to us to this question, who can do me good? Who, who are going to, who's going to make things profitable for me? Who's going to make things exciting for me? Who's going to provide a good life for me? Who's going to hand something to me on a silver platter? It's that kind of a question of someone looking around them saying, well, who's going to do something good for me? I read about, I hear about, uh times where somebody comes across an unexpected blessing or somebody receives a donation well who's going to who's going to do something good for me it's it's that kind of question who will give me something who's going to make me happy who's going to entertain me who's going to make me laugh as i go through life who's going to give me a free ride who's going to who's going to offer to me what they call a magic bullet that just kind of solves all of the ills? Who's going to pay my bills? Who's going to give me a, a, a handout? Who's going to pay attention to my problems? Who's going to fix my mess? Who's going to sweep me up in their solution? Like a, a class action suit that comes along and just says, anybody wants in on this, we're going we're to get a big settlement here. And the class action suit just kind of brings in a lot. And sometimes people like this question are kind of looking for a class action salvation. Somebody just going to come along and sweep me up in their solution for everything. That's the, that's the essence of this question. Who will do us good? Who, who will show us better times? Who will take away all the risks and all the responsibilities, but will still give me the rewards? That's, the, that's what I'm searching for. Somebody just take away the risky parts of life, but be, be sure to give me the reward uh, of that life. Who will do me good? For that matter, who's gonna, who will take away war and inflation? And COVID and global warming and corrupt leaders and everything else you can think about. Who would just deal somehow, who's going to just do away with this stuff like disease and, and divorce and depression and, and, and things that are just ultimately, if you took this question, who will do us good? If you took it all the way to its logical end, you would have to even include death. Who's going to help us out with death? Who's going to take away this enemy and make make my existence good? You know, I always have to think about dying. Be nice, be awfully good if somebody took that thing away from me. I mean, if you follow this question all the way down the road, you actually end up with death. Who is going to deal with this stuff? Who's going to help me out? And who's going to hand me, um, essentially, a life. This is the essence of this question. Who's going to hand to me a life that is easy and simple and happy and carefree? That's all I'm asking. I'm not looking for much. I just want an easy life happy, simple, carefree life. Who will do us good? Many people, he says, they are asking this. This is a popular notion. This is a a human uh, drive to find the easy path with no difficulties, with no dangers, and so forth. Many people are asking. And I am simply saying, and the Lord, I believe, laid this on my heart for today, because it seems to me uh, that from the events of this past year, as we head into a new calendar year, that more people than ever are asking this. More people than ever are expecting this and looking for this. The, the easy street, um, the, the handout, whether it's the kids from the parents, whether it's just the general citizen from the government. Um, whether it's somebody in the community from somehow the structures of the community, it seems to me that this thing, this question is just growing and growing and growing and progressively we are becoming more selfish and sniveling as a society, more envious and more narcissistic and more entitled <clears throat> and more privileged and pompous as a culture and as a world. I see the effects of this question and the impact of this question growing in third world countries where they say more and more who will do us good? Who will, who will show us a better time? Economically as well as, as many, many other ways. <clears throat> we move this direction and as the news reaches other places and other people that so and so and this person in this situation got something good done to them then suddenly they want something good too and and pretty quickly riots and protests can break out all over the world because of our movement in this direction and while we build you know boats and bombs and everything else to do to maintain our independence at the same time, I see this, and that at the same time as we're asking this question, who will do us good, we're moving towards dependence as a culture, as an American culture, more and more. I don't know how aware that, that we are all, all are of, of, the, of the rise and growth of socialism. Uh, even among leaders, many American leaders and many American people. Because you see, socialism is, uh, is somebody doing me good. Who will do me good? Who will bring good to me? Who will make my life easy? And we are, we are uh, becoming, in the process of, of, of heading closer and closer to a socialistic view, we become more and more dependent upon a benefactor. If the benefactor is a person, a community, or a government, it's it's a sense of entitlement and dependence. And so, I'm simply saying the irony is that we we build all this stuff to keep our independence, and at the same time, internally and culturally, we we are are becoming more and more dependent, Um, and upon because we feel entitled to all the benefits and the blessings, and expect these things to be handed to us. You know, this, in my mind, uh, this idea that somehow or other uh, the government should give me something good is a far cry from the idea that America was first founded upon, is that that the government should see that I am provided the opportunity, the fair and free opportunity to pursue something good on my own. But not the agreement that it would hand me something good or the goods would be given to me. Who can show us better times? Who will bring us prosperity? This is all about, this is a question that has to deal with um, my hope and my dream. That somehow I shouldn't have to do anything. And that somebody would do good for me or unto me. Um, So if I could say it this way. What do we want? And this is a, a... thought of this word good. I want something good. I want good things. I want prosperous times. I want nothing that requires discipline on my part or diligence on my part or perhaps even daring or danger on my part. Certainly not devotion or determination on my part i'm not into that i'm not interested in that i just want somebody to, to drop something into my lap who will do us good <clears throat> this is the good part this is what we want he says many people are looking for this many people are asking who's going to do who's going to help me who's going to give me something and that's the good part. This, this second part to me focuses on how it is that we that we want this done. We want it shown to us. We want it offered to us. Who's going to offer us prosperity? We want it done. Who will do us good? Um, in other words, in other words, we want. We're asking, trying to figure out how something can come our way that is free and easy and simple. Who will do me good? Who will do us? Who will bless us? Who will show us? Who will offer us, provide or give? Who will hand out or donate? Who will furnish or make available? That's the idea. This is, in other words, this question is, is not from a person who says that I'm planning to do something. In other words, let me say it again. This is a question from someone who isn't planning to do something. This is not a question about work or earning or striving or effort. This is a question that's precisely the opposite of that. This is describing an attitude. This is not describing an attitude that says, I have a dream and I'll work for it. Or, thank you for the opportunity, I'll take it from here. This is not that kind of an attitude at all, but rather exactly the opposite. And so, this question of of who, and he says a lot of people are asking, many people are asking, who, who? Is gonna drop these things into my lap. Makes me think that we we focus our we we focus the antenna, the laser beam of our expectations on somebody. It could be the government. It could be. Uh, an inventor or a computer geek or some philanthropist or some charity or some um, program in our local community or a clinic somewhere? Who, who, where, where? Who is going to step up and, and notice me and come and dump things in my lap? This is, this is the idea of this question. Surely somewhere there's someone who would do this The essence of this question, here's the, to me, as I understand it, this is the the heart of this question. Who will offer something to me? Um, I'm not going to take time to read it. One of my New Year's goals is to try to keep my sermons a bit shorter. It is. I'm serious. I don't know why everybody laughs. (laughs) I'm not going to take time to read this, but if you will read in Romans chapter 1 in the New Testament, the analysis of the godless culture as it goes along, you will find that it is spot on with 2022 and 2023 uh, where we are at this moment when it talks about how people will become increasingly more self-indulgent, self-centered, self-focused, demanding, and feeling of entitlement to the point that where, they even, where they even say to God, what right do you have to tell me what to do? As if, as if God owes them allegiance rather than the other way around. And I'm simply saying, I see this. I see it right and left, I see it more and more in our world and in our culture. It seems to me as if, and this is using the thought of Romans 1, it's like we're born from a little kid and and we're we're born with a mirror in front of our face. And we just notice ourselves and we say, who's going to do me any good? who's going to do me any good and the problem is the mirror is large enough to see ourselves but it's so small that we really can hardly see anybody else especially when we've got the mirror right here like this and here could be all of the all of the needs of the world and all of the the desires of the world and we're standing here like this and we're saying who can do me any good who who could offer me the greater prosperity you know we're this is this is the irony to me. This is an ironic thing to me is that we're deluged with we're deluged with technology in every uh, possible way. Oh, I gotta I gotta tell a joke. Uh, so you know, clear back even in the Middle Ages, in the medieval times, people would take these lanterns and they would fasten them to their saddles so they could ride at night. They could. Go out at night, and they, the saddles of their horses that are their donkeys. I don't know whether you realize or not, but this satellite navigation is really not new. <laughs> it's been around a long time. Satellite navigation. <clears throat> you'll get it, you'll get it after a while. We have this vast array in every every category you can imagine. But here's the problem in spite of all that. Our satisfaction is minimal. And our lust is palpable. And our, our unhappiness is vast. That's why I think that, you know, a politician can tell a a. a poor joke in one area of the world and, and riots will break out over the whole world or somebody can put a few lines on Twitter and, and the whole world lights up because everybody is just looking for who's going to make my life easy and they don't really have much to do when you're waiting around for somebody to bless you and take care of you uh, you're, you're really probably quite busy snooping in the lives of other people because you're not busy in your own uh, Our our satisfaction is very. In other words, we live in the best of times, but we live in the worst of times because the expectations is that that somehow I should have an easy life, and therefore somebody must surely be responsible to give it to me. And I'm asking who? I'm looking for. I'm looking for my benefactor. Well, here's the answer that the Bible gives to us. that King David in this psalm gives to us uh, of of the good things, the good times, true happiness, freedom from worry about self or expectations on other people. This is what he says in verse 6. Let me read it again. Many are asking, who can show us any good? Here's the first part of the answer. Let the light of your face shine upon us. The answer to the dilemma of being happy and being content and having uh, having a sense of purpose in life. Isn't someone walking up and offering you a bucket full of money or saying to you, you know, um, you're a minority, so I'm going to give you a scholarship, a free ride. Or, you know, you've complained loud and long that you, as as a want to marry your partner of the same sex or you've said over and over uh, just because you're a woman doesn't mean that you don't want to be a man and you demand this right and so we're going to give you all these things we're going to make we're going to do good to you we're going to let your life be so easy and simple and and you're never going to have to wrestle with anything okay even when they do that even if that's offered and all of the good and goods possible are poured out on you, you're still never going to be happy until the light of God's face shines upon you. This uh, especially, I think, refers to His wisdom because this is the, the symbolism of light. Light dispels darkness. You can see what you got going. You say, aha, now I understand. This is, a, this is, this is something to be uh, beware of. I didn't know that until the light shone upon it. The light of God's face, verse 7, he says, You have filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain and new wine abound. So he, he's, now he's talking about God's joy. First, he, he's using the, the symbolism of God's light shining on, giving my heart wisdom. But now he's saying, I don't need uh, money. I don't need a handout. I don't need a free ride in order to feel motivated to live life. God's joy just surges through me. God's, the, the presence of God's joy empowers me. In fact, I love what he says there in verse 7. If you catch this comparison, he says, this is better than their grain and new wine. You know what that means? It's talking about the, the party, basically. This is better than a New Year's party, is what he's saying. The grain and new wine are all of these celebrations over here. You know, I'm just using New Year's parties as a sample or a illustration. They're over here, this is party city. And he says, the joy of your presence is better than that. It's greater than that in what it offers me. And then in the next phrase, he says, verse 8, and God gives me peace. I will lie down and sleep in peace. Because you alone, O oh Lord, make me dwell in safety. So this sense of security. I'm simply saying, if I've got wisdom from, the, uh, wisdom from the higher source, I've got motivation from within and a sense of security that God's love so surrounds me that nothing that happens to me is going uh, to destroy me. When I'm like that, man, I'm not needing to ask who's going to do me anything good. Who's going to do me any good? Because I know that I have had a a transformation by opening my heart to God and surrendering my life to God and receiving the light and the joy and the peace of God. I got more than the most fabulous party that might be going on around me. I'm not against parties, by the way. I don't mean to say, oh, New Year's parties are bad. That's not my point. He's saying it's better than all of these other things. And when I have it, I don't need to sit around saying, who's gonna bless me? Who's gonna take care of me? Okay. So I'm almost done. Let let's let's head into this new year with this as our as as our question. Let's change this question instead of who will do me good. Let's change it to this. Who could I do good unto? Who could I bless? Who could I show uh, kindness or uh, motivation unto? Can I make this coming year not only a new year, but can I ask a new question? Who can I show goodness to? Oh Lord, where could I show goodness unto you? And how can I express goodness My favor and my blessing towards you. And how many ways can I show goodness of God? Because here's the reality. This I have seen in my own life. And I have seen from observing many other lives. This is reality. That the light of the face of God shining upon you will make you forget about this selfish question. Who will do me good? Who will show me a better time? If you have the light of the presence of the face of God shining upon you, you don't, even, you don't need to ask it. You won't think about that question. <clears throat> With God's favor, the energy expended to search for a benefactor will enable you to become a benefactor. It switches. It switches things and turns them the opposite way around. That is the reality of the Christian gospel. And that is the challenge to the Christian community. You know, the gospel says, "I'm a sinner. I'm a a selfish. I'm a selfish soul, and I'm looking around for who's going to do me any good." It's the focus of my life, not to accomplish good, but to receive good. That's the bad news of the gospel. But the good news of the gospel is God can change that. He can change your heart. He can change your desires. He can change your motivation. He can change your will and through doing that, many times, change your circumstances. So, this is the commission that the Lord leaves us with, I think, out of the context of this verse. What I have done for you, because we know God has poured out His blessings upon us, we know that He has given much good to us. What, God, what the Lord is saying, what I've done for you, you can do for others. And, and therefore, the focus of your life is not about who could, who could help me, but rather uh, how can I pour out and who and where can I pour out. Somehow the blessings that God has, and this is not about money, although sometimes it may be about money, but it's, it's a greater, much greater picture than that. Heavenly Father, as we, uh, as we sing this great song, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. We are we're just very conscious that you have done good to us. You have offered to us prosperity. Not simply of, uh, of, of a bank account. But prosperity in our soul. Prosperity in our attitude towards other people. Prosperity in our relationships. You don't simply put uh, bills in our wallet. You put a fire in our belly that's a great sense of joy and a great sense of peace and a great sense of power because our sins are forgiven and our destiny is settled. And so we have a great sense of peace and motivation of joy and even of the wisdom of the light of how to live. Oh, how we thank you today. And expect that you will help us as we carry forth into 2023 to make this reality continue in our lives and in other folks' lives. So that we're not just part of this crowd of many people just walking around mumbling and looking and wondering who's going to take care of them. But rather, we're on the opposite side. By your love, taking care of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.